To the Hard Luck Show, I'm your certified qualified Westside host, Steve Lucky Luciano. I got my man, Chumahan, laughing my ass off already. The Indian. The Indian. And I've got old blue eyes, OATM. <laughs> Get on that, boy. Visual audio master. Hey, jerk that loose. <laughs> Jerk that loose wire. That loose wire. Wildfire. Jerk that loose wire. That loose wire is like a fire fire. It's a wildfire. That loose wire. Hey, damn. At the end, Fresh out the shower. That boy fresh out the shower. I mean, uh, oh, yes, man. all blue eyes. Please. All blue eyes. Audio, Audio engineer. Audio engineer. <laughs> 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 he that way. Get that way more. Oh, boy, man. Shit. Fuck, bro. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. What the fuck <laughs> happened with the president pardoning every... Conviction on cannabis? Yeah, I, I mean, I got the news of that shit. And How did for, you get the news? I some fucking shit ended up everywhere as soon as he said that shit, and I was like a little bit confused on what is what exactly does that mean? But I mean, in in burner world, right? In cookies world, right. is that big news? Ma- it's major, bro. And you got to remember, man, these guys printed cookie shirts that stated like facts and 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 stats on like all the people that are still incarcerated right for cannabis possessions or cannabis sales or these nonviolent cannabis even even websites and and they had started different types of fucking you know groups to start trying to help these people get representation and right for simple possessions possessions Right. And these nonviolent doing extensive, extensive years, man. And then he even did interviews with a couple different guys mm. that they've profiled um, that did fucking, you know, 20 fucking years. In federal prisons. Yeah, crazy, man. And, and how there's people that are locked up or that were locked up for, you know, retarded. I, mean, I shouldn't say retarded. But <laughs> just these small amounts of weed. Right. Sales of an eighth. They give some guy fucking eight, nine, ten years. Right. Just uh, obscene or guys that were still down. So Just this the, news is big, dude, in cannabis. Absolutely. You, you know, know <clears throat> so what I, for, so he pardoned people. President has the right to pardon only for federal crimes. Mm-hmm. So a pardon not not only goes to the punishment, but also to the guilt, meaning if you get pardoned by the president, it's like you didn't do it, and the and you get your your voting rights back, you get your fucking citizenship back, you get all that shit comes right back. So for those folks, I think it's like sixty five hundred. For those folks that were convicted on simple possession, what Sean, you made a face. 
Like, I hate when you make the face. You said it was like 6,500. Yeah, I think it That's was. That's incredible. 6,500 people that, that are going to be affected by his thing. <sighs> really? Uh, and it's federal. Federal. So it's not the state. Exactly. But. I didn't know that. Yeah, because he's the president. So in the same way we got on the Trump thing where we were like, hey, you can't, you, you're fine, pardon your little crooked deal, but that doesn't count for New York State because only this governor of the state can pardon for state crimes. President, federal, governor, state. Really? Yep. So that still leaves a lot of people in prison, man. But what Biden is signaling Mm -hmm. by doing that, and I think there are already governors taking a look at it now, Mm -hmm. is that since the Fed has... Because, you, you know, in the cannabis world, and we've heard from our guys, you know, that, you know... It's technically legal in the states, but the federal hasn't quite made the transition yet. Mm -hmm. And so you have these, you know, banks that won't do business with weed companies because blah, 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 Uh blah, all that bullshit, Uh right? So this is a signal that the Fed is starting to loosen their grip. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense because they're talking about how the laws are going to go federal. Federal. There's this whole talk of. Federal conforming. Right. So, and generally speaking, when it comes to the law, the federal government sets usually, like, the bottom standard. So, like, states can do what they want more than what the Fed set, but they can't go below it, generally. And that's how states get standardized so you don't have this patchwork of all these messy bullshit and then the really they follow what the feds do that's yeah and so what the fed does what the fed generally does is they set like standards that are minimum requirements and then states can do a little more do a little less but no one's no citizen of the of america is ever going to suffer anything below that and that's generally what part of the fed's power is is standardizing the rules in various states to make sure so this could be just the signals of of that beginning to happen you think definitely i also think that part of it too is political for getting votes so biden's the democrat he's got the midterms coming up we know that the economy is hitting a recession and so another great sort of headline for him would be to pardon federal cannabis violators that 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 are wrongfully in and he can say all the tough talk he wants to say now right and it and it's just in time for these midterm elections that the democrats probably don't want to lose the senate they probably don't want to lose the house control so they can continue to push biden's thing and push out this sort of warped mutant like republican thing that's been going on so, and you're, you know, you contrast that when you really think about it, it's like, so Biden's, you know, actually relaxing, <clears throat> starting to relax some of these old drug laws. And then you have states like tightening up abortion shit, right? Like Texas and it's getting kind of weird. <clears throat> so I think that's, I think that's part of what's going on. And you got to imagine that they, that the political cal- calculations they must have known that they were going to do that for a while. And the question was, when were they going to make the announcement? But for the people that it affects, it's a great thing. It means they don't have that. that it's, not, it's not like commuting the sentence. If you commute the sentence, you're still guilty of the crime. You just don't have to do the sentence. Pardoning means you didn't even do it. Wow. And how, and, and how fast does that go into effect? 
So it's interesting because what happens is is he sets up, I think, an office in the DOJ to start processing the paperwork. So how fast does that happen for every the, the 6,500? 6, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any time estimates. And so generally what happens is symbolically he pardons, he signs a few names, and then he turns everything over to the office of the, the, the Department of Justice or something like that. And there's an office of pardons, I think. And then they just start stamping shit. So I, I don't know how long it takes for them to do 6,500. But it, I can only imagine that. It, well, I don't think it would take that long. Right. And I don't know what that frees up in the if for the people doing time. I don't know what that frees up. I don't know how many of them are still incarcerated or they went through and but it's still on their jacket. Or they're still on parole. Right. Right. Or not even that. It's just you know you run a live scan of them and you see a federal charge for simple possession. I wonder if they got if they if they got convicted and it'd be a felony, and then that felony would be held against them to have a gun. And now all of a sudden they get I have to get a gun back. There's no requirements that the, I that's I mean, as far as a legal effect of a pardon, it would be like you didn't have a felony. Fuck. So you would have that restored at the federal level. I mean, I just think back to like how many of my fucking friends you know, I got caught for crimes that were a little bit more serious. Right. You know, um, but I had lots of friends around me that went to prison for cannabis. Right. And I'm not talking about hundreds of pounds either. I'm talking about getting caught with a couple pounds in your car. Right. And getting fucking two, three years state prison. Yeah. And if you didn't have like a paid lawyer, you, yeah, you were fucking doing fucking two, three years upstate it's, for a couple pounds of good weed. This was in, you know, the 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 you know the eighties. You were getting a little more, but in the nineties, definitely, you got popped with a couple pounds of fucking weed in your car. You're going to prison. Yeah, intent to distribute. I I mean, shit. In ninety two. 91, 92, I was, I, you know, we're not joking when I say I had one of the first motherfucking dispensaries. I was slanging dub sacks out of Supermax. Right. And I, I was copping, you know, a a QP or a half pound, you know, twice a week. I'd go buy the fucking little Ziploc bags, dub sacks. Yeah. And I'd pack them with about a gram, maybe a little over, of cush green fucking. Back then we were calling it chronic. Yeah. Just chronic. And skunk. <laughs> and it was 20 bucks for a gram. It was a dub sack. Right. And I would bag up, you know, a couple hundred of these bags. And I'd go through them in under a week. And I'd re-up and... and how much work is it to bag all that shit? It up? would take about uh, maybe an hour and a half. That's it. That's it. Would I, you have? And I had a triple to... beam. No, I had a triple beam scale. You drop fucking. <sighs> gra- you start to know what a gram pretty looks much like. looks like, and they were buds, and a lot of the buds were like gram sized buds a lot of the time, mm. and you you kind of started to get to know, and you just hit a gram bag bam. Jessica doing it with me, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, I remember I'd bring down, you know, twenty thirty. Of these dub sacks with me to the shop. Fucking by fucking twelve o'clock, I'd be I'd open up the shop at ten in the morning. By twelve one o'clock, 
be calling Jess to bring me down another 20. Mm-hmm. Come down with Vincent in the carriage and bring me and drop me off. And But I remember the level of like, you know, don't be bringing nobody over here. Don't send people over. I'm fucking, I have to know you. You know, yeah. all that. And then I also remember rolling around or <clears throat> meeting my dealer, rolling with a fucking half pound or a pound. Or he'd show up and meet me and he'd have like, you know, a, cases with fucking, you know, a couple pounds of this, a couple pounds of that. Which one you want? He'd come into my house with a big giant, one of those Tupperware giant boxes with the lid. Open that thing up. And he'd be sketched out. Right. Leaving and coming. I'd be like, fuck, I'd have fucking grams fucking stashed all over the store so they wouldn't be all together. But I was right. like looking out the window, like, are they fucking filming? They catch me for us? Because, like, I'm going to prison for that this. That was shit. serious shit. It was serious shit. shit, dude. And all we're talking about are fucking weed. Shit that people don't even sweat today. But back then? Yeah. And if, God forbid, you had an ounce, you'd have to fucking break that shit up and give everybody some in separate bags so that you wouldn't catch the whole ounce yeah. case. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. shit like that, man. I tell you though, bro, hey man, this is back in 91, 92. And I can tell you right now, man, I was making about five, $600 a week at the store. Right. Running the store. Right. I was making about, my end, about a thousand bucks a week. Mm-hmm. And I was paying for the dude who was putting up the money for me the whole thing after we paid it back i was making like about a grand a week right slanging these dove sacks right but i mean that was that was a grand then back then right that's a real grand i mean it was on non-stop from the time i got to the shop in the morning calls calls, calls, and then into the evening a little bit i had people calling me and coming by the pad and let me get and that's all i sold was doves you couldn't buy an eighth you couldn't buy you had to buy it all if you want to spend a hundred bucks you get five doves from me but i was fucking making i remember at that time so i was taking in about fucking Mm -hmm. 15 1600 bucks a week but i mean 91 92 at the store though like i mean you already knew they were coming. Like there wasn't like a like a code word. Like you were walking in and be like green bud, green bud. No, no, no. Everybody I knew. Right. There wasn't no I wasn't going for no bullshit. People would come by and be like, Hey, somebody I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, that's a cop I'm fucking busted. And then I would tell whoever told them that, I'd be like, What the fuck you think this is, man? Right. If I don't know you, if I don't know you, I don't know what you're talking about. That's right. how it was. Right. <clears throat> but and I was looking at some stats <clears throat> online tonight before I came in. It'd be interesting. Let me run these by you. Go ahead. Hit me with them. Hit me with the numbers. Hit you with the numbers. L- let's just start, you guys. Listen to this, listeners. In 2021, there was 170,000 arrests for cannabis possession. Think about 170,000. In the U.S. total? In the U.S. total. Okay. okay. That year. Now, that's 2021. 2020, there's 350,000 arrests just for cannabis possession. These aren't sales cases. This isn't trafficking. This isn't intended. These are just possession cases. Right. right? We're at 2020, right? Now, let's go to 2019. Listen to the numbers. Almost 500,000 arrested for possession. Then we'll take you to 2018. 650,000 
arrest. Right. All the ways to 2017. 750,000. So you're going from 2017, 750,000 people to 170,000. That's from 2017 to 2021. So it slowly started to lighten up as we're, you know, getting closer, right? But check this out. I'd just grab a year out of the early 2000s, 2008. 2008, there's almost 900,000 in a year. 2008, that's just like the mid-2000s. For possession. For possessions. So just to end these little stats with you real quick, just so you get an idea. From two, In the 2000s, we're not going to go as far back as even the 90s. We're just going to say the 2000s. From 2001-2010, million people were arrested in the United States for simple possessions of marijuana. How much taxpayer money do you think was wasted on that shit? 8.2 million? Think about all those fat ass cops and they're filing papers and filling out shit and evidence lockers and all that. I mean, how much money does- It's got to cost fucking, I would say to process somebody, arrest somebody and do all that shit, it probably runs you fucking about fucking two, three, four thousand dollars in taxpayers money just to process one person. <sighs> And Man. you do the math by 8.2 million. Think about this. If you do do that and you process, forget, because you're not maybe even including, think about the lawyer costs on the government side Ooh. to run that through. Yeah, we're not even talking about the legals. I'm just talking about the actual arrest right. and processing just to get them to the first night in jail. How much of a fucking waste of money Fuck is that dude. shit, bro? That's crazy. I mean, if the cops needed weed that bad, they could have just stopped by Supermax and bought some. They could have. I remember Polly B caught his first term. He sold two pounds of chronic weed. Now, this is back in 89. And weed at that time, good fucking skunk bud, was going for about $6,000 a pound. Fuck. He was selling two pounds. He sold two pounds to a fucking undercover. He got two years in prison for that. Two years. Motherfucker. I mean, not like a long time, but that's a long time to go to jail for two pounds of weed. Undercover. An undercover. How much does an undercover operation run? I don't... You know what I mean? (laughs) For two pounds of weed. Fake mustache. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing. The fucking kid got busted for something. The dude he was selling to. So he in turn... Gets decides to bring a cop with him with a wire and the whole thing, God. as if they were do, do, selling fucking like fifty kilos of fucking heroin. Fucking the man. fucking kid shows up with this other guy. Yeah, we want to pick up the fucking pay the money. As soon as they exchange the money and they drive, Polly B tells me fucking like six fucking narc cars pull on him for two pounds of weed. Six draw narc- down him. Get out of the car. Draw down guns on his ass. Jesus took his ass to prison. Christ. I mean, these are and this was going on. These were the kind of stories that were going on, and that's right. Like that they were ago. a bust in some Colombian drug Noriega. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking badass, unbelievable. Juking the stats, 
juking the stats. That's the other thing with these fucking cops. You, you don't really know. Like, they give you all these stats, crimes going down, crimes going up, but it's all discretion. It's all whatever they've written on the fucking reports. It's all what's coming in. They can redefine a murder and take murders down by reading, well, it was an involuntary, you know, homicide. We don't really know. But, but, uh, and then it looks like the mayor's doing a good job. And then it looks like, oh, homelessness way up, up, oh, more, more murders, there's more murders. Well, let's just jump off of cannabis for a second. Yeah. I specifically remember being in, going through the county jail, fighting my third strike case, taking my deal. Mm. On my first term, as I was getting out of prison, I remember people were coming in, no, as I was, yeah, as I'm coming out of the joint in 90, the end of 96, early 97, I had already been bumping into people all the ways up through the, the county system into prison, started seeing people coming in that were getting struck out, bro, for syringes with residue, nickel rock of cocaine. Mm-hmm. A fucking not even a not even a quarter gram, just a fucking fifty twenty five dollar piece of heroin, struck out twenty five to life, and the guys that were taking deals to avoid the strike that would take like fifteen for a, for a nickel rock, those guys didn't have no action on appeal because they took a deal. Right. That's I know right. guys that took 18 to avoid a 25 with an L. They took 18. They took 15 years. You can't and these guys that. had a fucking uh. nickel bag of Coke. Dude, fucking uh, 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 two units of fucking heroin left in a syringe. And they were fucking stupid. They were giving these dudes 15 years, 18 years striking dudes out, man. Now you're going to tell me that you can shoot dope in front of the fucking police station in San Francisco and they just throw it away. They write you a ticket. What are you going to do? How, but how does that happen in fucking 30 years, 25 years? How does it change like that drastically? I mean, and I'm not. Listen, don't get me wrong, you guys. The laws, sure. Great. But there is a part of me that's a little bit fucking burned out. Of course. Of course. Because it logically, your logic mind is being like, fuck, that just seems so arbitrary. It doesn't, it's capricious. It's arbitrary. It's like, it's like, why did you stress me, sweat me, my me and everybody else out for decades if in like 20 years it's just going to become legal and nobody's going to give a fuck? Why did I have to fucking deal with that stress? Why did I have to fucking or fucking lose fucking, you know, 15 years of my life behind a fucking uh, a piece of drugs that now they'll either write you a ticket or they'll just throw it away on the street and step on it. Right. <clears throat> I mean, right. It's, it's just... Uh, and there's no way, you know, it's... It, well, you know, <clears throat> this is why I'm saying it's a sign of, I think, that we're at a turning point in society. I, 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 I'm telling you now, dude, the Indians, let me tell you something, Indians say shit, people listen, they kind of half listen, and then like three years, I'm telling you, we're at a major epic turning point in social organization society. One of the things is the relaxing of the drug protocols that used to be like, oh, dude, you do that, you're done, right? Cocaine, you're out. 
You fucked up, <laughs> bro. Like that's gone. That's changed, right? And it almost changed mm-hmm. like turning a spigot. It wasn't like a whole bunch of agitation. It's almost like, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It wasn't like people were pushing and fighting. Right. It wasn't like Martin like, Luther King. Uh, like they got tired of fucking sending people. <laughs> right. Right. The prisons are over fucking pack, cap, pack. Whatever purpose that policy was serving is no yeah, longer right. necessary. Right. That's what happened. Yeah. Didn't that- have anything to do with about conditions of the humans or any of that shit. Exactly. That just doesn't work no more, so we're off it now. Right. Or Some whatever bullshit. we were using that for, it's no longer, we don't need that now. I got to use the bathroom. Oh, my God. Keep on going. All right. Jesus Christ. God damn it. God damn it. The, all the juice. The L.A., the juice L.A. is going right through. <laughs> Sean was having bad gas cramps because of the juice that he drank. Because uh, I didn't have anything to eat. <gasps> you sound so old, bro. I don't know. I What's just like, lost my voice or something. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm, that's a for you. I'm a old man. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> hey, hey. So, uh, did you ever sell weed, old blue eyes? I did. Yeah. What was your weed sales? Uh, Tell you us know, about I would your just big. Did you have a clothing store? I would just buy like a little, you know, an eighth or a quarter or whatever, and then I would just bag it up like in twenties and. Sell it to and then how would you friends. how would you market that? How would I market it? You didn't have to market it. It like, was Yo. just it was all the people that I knew, you know. Dude, King Salmon was trying to get a weed sales going. He King Salmon was trying to grow his own weed in the in his apartment, <laughs> little weed plant. What little, year was that? Jesus Christ! What year was that? Ninety something. I can't. I can't even remember. Yeah, I was like, he tried to grow it. Dude, he got seeds from late '80s. Late '80s was the biggest pot dealer in all of fucking Concord, California. This dude (laughs) fucking had cars and shit. Some dude, (laughs) what? Tell the story, dude. Uh, uh, so late '80s is like, dude, I got this this thing. You want to you want to go with me? I I need to. I want to check this thing out. Mm-hmm. And so we I get with with fucking late 80s and we drive out on this like super rural like road in the middle of nowhere and then like we get these we, it's in his truck right so we get out of the back we have these like shovels and he brings all these um you know like 5 gallon buckets and so we like go down this thing and like hop over this creek and he's like Dude, I was gonna plant some 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 plants here, and then someone someone beat me to it. So I would just I just oh he's happened. got you stealing some plants. With yeah. yeah. So like we go down there and he's like, sucker. and then I'll give you a quarter of what I make, right? So so we go out there and we dig these fucking <laughs> plants up and put them in in five gallon buckets and then we lay them down in the back of the truck and take them back, and uh, and they never made it. They never, they never made, made it. Any, uh, Nobody was shooting at you while you guys were trying. No. <laughs> late I'm 80s. Fucking late 80s. Let me tell you something. In 88, I'm living in New York. Yeah. I'm shooting dope. Bro. This is the Rob Bass shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Every time bro, you tell that story, you're like, Rob Bass. That's like, all you heard. Walking down the street. It takes two, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you heard right. throughout New York City, dude. Oh, right. Yeah. If it wasn't him singing, it was that beat. Right. It was everywhere, bro. Yeah. And. <laughs> 
You know, I lived in Midtown at the time. I was living in Kipps Bay, Murray Hill, which is for <laughs> you guys that don't know New York. I'm on like Third Avenue and 30th Street. Okay. <laughs> Kipps Bay. Kipps Bay, Murray Hill. And so I would, I was getting low, I was getting high. I had a full habit going on. Yeah. That white dope. And depending on when you would use, you would be okay and stay all right until 24 hours until that time would come up again. And yeah. you would start to get a little bit sick. So mine was always closing. The, I'd close the restaurant that I was like head waiter at, captaining at. was a really nice, yep, that was uh, it. Uh, sure. um, Here's the big lux. The restaurant was called Via Via. It was on 3rd Avenue and 36th Street. And we would get out of there at about 12 o'clock. I'd lock the doors and I'd be out of there. And I'd always have a, at least a couple hundred bucks in tips on me. Right. I would get, jump into a cab and go down to Alphabet City. Okay? Alphabet City. Alphabet City. Why is which it called is the, that? Because all the streets are D Street, A Street, B Street. Letters in the alphabet. And it's the Lower East Side. Okay. And I live in Midtown on the east side. So I would take a cab from 30th and 3rd Avenue yeah. down all the ways to like 2nd Street. Okay. So 28 blocks down and inward east towards the East River. Okay. So there was a building called the Out of Control Building. <laughs> and these buildings in Alphabet City, half of them were like burned out. People didn't live in them. Right. They were like these fucking... And then some had different people living on different floors or whatever. And I just placed the out of control building. And the do- all the dope in those days came in these little wax bags. And everybody had a stamp. All the, the dope was all labeled. Platoon, last shot, body bag, out of control. These were names. And they had a stamp on them. Yeah. And you could buy um, like a bundle for 80 bucks. And that was 10 sacks of dope. But I would buy like two, three, whatever. These these bags of dope. Like if you emptied it out, you'd have like a decent little fat line. If you were imagine doing coke, you'd have like okay. a fat little line. That's what was in here. But this dope was so strong, this China white dope. And I was shooting black tar dope in, in LA. So I was used to that. When I got out of here, half of a bag, $5 worth of dope would have you fucking falling on your ass. Really strong. So I remember... I'd go, and when you'd walk into this out-of-control building, somebody showed me all this when I first got to New York. You go onto the first floor, they got your works. They call it works. Their outfits, their needles. Yeah. You buy your fucking works on the first floor. Then you go up the flight of stairs, there's somebody standing there. You get your Coke. They'd have ether-based Coke. I'd get a couple bags of ether-based Coke. Boom. And then the top floor, there was a lady, Mama was her name. She was an older, like a grandma-type lady. And that's where you'd buy your... your your boy, your doogie, your dope, right? Yeah. And I'd get I'd get two, three bags of dope, of heroin, a couple bags of shooting coke, a couple outfits, and boom, I'd hop back in the cab, set my pants, set, and I'd shoot dope from fucking one o'clock in the morning till four o'clock in the morning. And I'd pass out around five, six in the morning, get up around, you know, two, three in the afternoon, shower up, Ready get to, to the restaurant, start setting up for dinner. Same thing, like clockwork. How long did and that at, go for? And about when I'd start closing the restaurant about 12, yeah. I'd start having a little bit of the sniffles. I'd barely start to start getting dope sick. Right. But then I'd go and cop. When You're I'd ready. Play. 
So I remember fucking one year, fucking not one year, fucking one time I go down there to cop, and it's it's the winter time, it's cold out. Now I'm from California, so I would go run errands, and I'd be in like a t-shirt, windbreak, run down to the store, run back, and be in some shorts and shit, you know. Right. People would look at me all crazy. They'd be in jackets stuff. Well, I fucking went home after work. And I went and dropped off some stuff, and I left with some shorts and a t-shirt on. Okay. And I'm like, I'm just going to hop into the cab, shoot down, go get my dope, and come back up. So I get down there, and I get out of the cab. The cab takes off, because you can get cabs everywhere. I go, and I go cop in in the building, and then I come back downstairs, and I'm like, the street's a little bit empty, and I'm like looking for a cab. Mm. And all of a sudden, fucking two cop cars come one way, two cop cars come the other way. Hey, get against the wall. They jump out, and I've got dope just in my pocket. It's not hidden or anything. It's just in my pocket. Like, you have to be, you have to be mentally fucking disabled to get busted for heroin in New York City at this point in time. Like, they're not. But what I don't know, what I come to find out later is that on this certain night of the week, they do a sweep. And everybody knows that they do a sweep on this night. But I don't know. Nobody's told me. That's why it's empty. Right. I'm standing in the street. And I fucking... And so the cops, when they they grab me, they find everything. They're like, man, you're not so smart. You stand out like a sore thumb. I go, why? They go, we knew you were there by dope because you're in a fucking shorts and a t-shirt. Fucking thing. Right? So So then I'm thinking, man, I'm an idiot. Well, I remember. I get busted. And in California, you got hit. You got caught with a balloon. You're going away six months. You might even get sent to like some rehab thing or something. But you were for <laughs> sure going to the county yeah. for like six months. You get caught with a So I'm fucking it. I'm like, I'm sweating it. I'm like, fuck, man. I have a job. Right. I'm going to lose my place, my job, like fucking... Who am I going to call? I'm tripping. They take me down to the tombs in New York. This is central booking. It's called the tombs. That does not sound good. Bro, get down there, man. And I'd only been to the county in L.A., the county jail in L.A. This is the tombs in central booking. So I'm in there and it's fucking, you know, it's cold. There's a line. You're in shorts. Everybody's shackled. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. Everybody's looking at me crazy. Oh, they finally gave me a fucking... Like a fucking old fucking, uh, like somebody's old jacket. Oh, uh, with nasty too. They gave it to me like, hey, fucking here, you're gonna freeze. Oh, God. The crazy thing is that in the county, they, you, ch- you take off all your shit. All you can have is your tennis shoes mm. and your boxers and your socks. Everything else, you're in blues, county blues. Mm. We get in there, everybody's in there playing clothes. <laughs> they just process you through and you're playing clothes. I get in there. I get to. I get to my. I get to this row of cells, and they put me in this cell. It's a two man cell. They put me in there. I'm like, fuck, this place got room in here. Like, I'm expecting to go to a big dorm, but they're not. They got a cell, so I'm in there. And there's a Puerto Ricans and brothers over. Hey, I'm hearing everybody talking, and then the cell door cracks open. These cops come, and they bring this big ass brother, and I'm like, yeah, I you. Are you supposed to be coming in here? And the cops and the black dude, they're all looking at me. Crazy. (laughs) What the fuck is this dude doing in my cell? They they, they bring him, they uncuff him, they bring him in. I'm like, man, 
I go, how are you in the cell with me? He goes, what do you mean? I go, aren't you supposed to be in a different cell than me? Man, you're black. He goes, well, I'm not really black. I'm half Dominican. (laughs) Big ass dude, too. And I'm like, so I'm not really fucking making too many problems with this. This dude's like fucking like Michael the Jordan on fucking steroids. Big ass (laughs) brother. Yeah. But cool as fuck. He sits down. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, man, they got me, you know, I had fucking, you know, 60, you know, fucking bags of dope and this and that. And I'm like, fuck. He's like, yeah, like, yeah, man, I was over here. What did they get you for? I go, man, I had fucking two bags of dope and two bags of Coke and a couple of syringes. He's like, oh, they're going to OR you. I'm like, what? He goes, oh, they'll let you, they're going to let you out tomorrow. They're going to take you right there, right down to court. <clears throat> they're going to fucking OR you on your own recognizance. They'll give you a little ticket, yeah. and they're going to give you tokens. If you don't have a way to get home, they'll give you the fucking subway tokens. They get back. I'm like, what? He goes, yep. You go right home. I go, you mean I'm not going to do any time? And he starts laughing at me, doing time for what? <laughs> sure enough, man. They brought us some motherfucking sack lunches and. You know, he's like, let me get your cookies. Uh, I got this fucking <laughs> fucking apple and fucking we traded and went to sleep. They gave us some blankets. I took that jacket off. Ugh. Went to sleep. Man, they woke me up about nine. Like in the L.A. County, they're waking your ass up at like four in the morning to go to court line. Man, they didn't even come and get me until like eight in the morning. All right, gentlemen's hours. Yeah, fucking take me downstairs. Next thing I know, I'm in a courtroom. Like, how do you, uh, yeah, you plead, plead you in shorts? shorts? Yeah. Fuck I would steal my shit, dude. I'm a fucking bedhead, right? And I was, we had the blanket around me until they finally told me, no, 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 you can't bring it in the courtroom. Get the fucking blanket from me. So I'm over there in cuffs. I'm looking all, fu- and I'm dope sick. Right. Because I didn't get to shoot that dope. Yeah. Right? So I'm a little, I'm dope sick. I'm, but I'm kind of also tripping on, like, I'm still tripping on that I got arrested, and I think they're going to fucking have me go away for six months. I'm going to lose all my shit. So I don't really have enough of a peace of mind to be dope sick enough. So, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And the lady steps over to me, public defender. She's like, Joe, you just plead guilty. You're going you're to pay a fine. I go, I don't have any money. I'm going to go, yeah, they'll send you a bill for the fine and you pay it. And you just, oh, you just plead guilty. Right. All right. Uh, plead guilty. Fucking, as soon as I say, I, I say guilty, some fucking bailiff starts undoing my cuffs right there. Bam. They walk me over. I go, I don't have anything on me. No money, no fucking ID, no nothing. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, just go over here. We're going to get you. They give me two tokens, two subway tokens, and I catch the fucking subway home. And that was. I never even got a letter. I never even got a fine or a ticket. Nothing even showed up at my house. Wow. What? Yeah, man, yeah. And that was it, man. Fucking. Small potatoes. So, yeah, but out on. here, they, they, you got caught with some shit out in California. It was a whole different story. Well, maybe New York doesn't have the prison industrial complex that California does, bro. That was a trip, man. Bro, and as I'm seat. in there with the dude, I'm like, so how does it work over here? He's telling me about Latin Kings. He's telling me about the brothers, the Dominicans. And you got to remember that when I was living in New York, bro, I lo- listen to this. This is 1988. First off, there's only one Mexican dude I knew. And he was from DF, Mexico, and he was working as a busboy. What's DF, Mexico? In Mexico City. Wait a second. <clears throat> Why are you even in New York? I went out there because I was getting into some trouble out here. I see. In California. I see. And we low. had some friends, man, that lived out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Get out of the whole mix, man. Just right. You know? 
Um, I take a, I, I, I didn't have a habit when I left, but one of my bros out here mm. shot dope. He knew where all the dope was, so I fly out. I, I get a, I get set up with like a, I'm gonna rent a room and I get out there and, and right away as soon as big went from the airport, we go and cop fucking this white dope, and I'm just strung out from the gate. But right. I go get a good job right away, right at a dope restaurant because I knew how to wait tables, and they liked me, and I become like the fucking captain. So I'm the head waiter in the place, right. making good money. They don't know that I'm shooting dope every night after work because we wear fucking French aprons and fucking bow ties. And, you know what I'm saying? Right. And right. I got my shit together. I'm just like a little bit slim. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm living out there and fucking I, there was one bus boy that was Mexican. That, I talk, that was the only Mexican dude that I knew in New York wow. at all. I went looking for Mexican food. <laughs> oh, dude, you could... People didn't even know what I was talking about. What? I'd be like, you know, what? Talk, what? They'd send me to a Tex-Mex. There was this one Tex-Mex restaurant, which was... Bullshit. N- bullshit. Right. Dude, there was no Mexican food. Listen to me, listeners. No tacos? N- no tacos. This is night. 1988, New York City, no tacos, no Mexican restaurants in fucking New York City. Run and make, whoever's listening to this, I, I swear to God, nothing. <laughs> I go back there nuts. 10, 15 years later and it's completely different. Right. I'm telling you in 88, there was no such thing. You couldn't get a carne aside. They didn't know what carnitas were. I work with this chick from Rhode Island and her parents came out here. And we were, I was like, oh, I know these great, this great Mexican place. And they're like, oh, Mexican. They don't, it's not in their, like, culinary vocabulary. No, no. It's not. And, and like, busboys, dishwashers, and all this shit, they're all, like, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. And, like, right. there wasn't m- rice and beans. Mexican. Dude, there, was there was rice and beans. It just wasn't it was Mexican. It a big old red, 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 yeah, red, yeah, you know? Yeah, right. And, and let me tell you, man, cuchifrito, places like that, cuchifrita. Man, Dominican food and the Puerto Rican. Oh man, it's bomb. I love it, dog. But there was no Mexican food. food. There was no Mexican food. Right. You know, when I was growing up, I mean, dude, we're all old enough to remember. Maybe because you were in Southern California was different. I was in Washington. So when I was growing up, we didn't know any Mexican. There was no Mexicans around where I was. And then Mexican food Mm -hmm. was like some white fucking wife decided on Wednesday night she's gonna make on Tuesday fuck, night she's yeah, gonna make yeah. Taco Tuesday and no no fajitas the fuck are you enchiladas talking? no this bitch would make a fucking hard shell like you buy <laughs> the ground in the box beef. oh the like ground, Taco Bell right yeah. with the seasoning packet right. right Lowry's Lowry's that's it that was Mexican food that was out there that was like, oh, we're going to get exotic. Let me get the hard shit. With chef. some uh, uh, American cheddar cheese on top, right? That's exactly right. It's a bunch of yeah. bullshit, dude. Bunch of no bullshit. pico de gallo. No fucking salsa. I mean, dude. Right. Dude, where we're living, like the way we live now, and you go everywhere, there's like fresh salsa in every fucking grocery store you go to. Oh, yeah. It wasn't it like wasn't even, But Let me tell you something, bro. Uh, I mean, there was spots in like the neighborhoods I was growing up in and the places my dad would take me. Yeah. East LA. And we go down to Ensenada. We're like, and, and carne asada tacos were like bomb. But you couldn't get that everywhere up here in LA. Right. You'd have to go to the communities. That had that. Oh, they had it in Santa Monica. They had it on the west side in those communities. Right. Chicanos. Right. Mexicanos. 
but it wasn't everywhere. They didn't have that shit in supermarkets. Right. Right. Dude, when I was coming up on the reservation, we didn't have tacos, but you know what we did have a ton of, bro? I'm telling you, every fucking dude's house that I spent the night at, you fucking throw a stick out in the yard and hit it with smoked salmon like a motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't even joking, bro. Yeah. Every dude's dad and grandpa had yeah, a smokehouse. A smokehouse, not a smoker. Like, now you can go out there, this fucking, right. you know, this fucking Guy Friday, whatever, TGI Friday, everybody's got a fucking smoker. The Indians had, like, a shack, and they actually built a fire, and they had the fucking little cool to smoke in it. And, dude, that sound was so fucking good, bro. And it, it, it was, like, <clears throat> sides with the skin on and hot smoked mm. and tough and salty as fuck. And, dude... Mm. You would just fucking eat that day in, day out. You know what's so crazy whenever you bring up the smoked salmon? Uh. Whenever I would go down to Mexico with my dad, mm. nine out of ten times we'd drive by this smoke, and it was a smoke house made of brick. Yeah. And this dude, and he lived right by the beach in Ensenada. Yeah. And that's all he did was smoke. And my dad would buy smoked tuna and smoked fucking salmon. Fucking sounds bad. And they would be these big flanks. Yeah. That were hanging by yeah. little, like, he had hangers, little yeah. hanger hooks. Yeah. And you would just buy it like that. And it'd come in a brown paper bag. Yep. About 10 minutes in the bag, the bag would become see-through from all yep. the oil. Right. Yep. But we'd be driving back home. Hell yeah. Th- through the fucking, and eating that. And it was like you said, it was warm. Yep. You break it off, yeah, and this shit was like you just couldn't get that anywhere. And my dad, and you could buy it for cheap. He he wouldn't spend that much money on it. You no, know, it wasn't. Smoking. It wasn't crazy. And you know what? At my school, they would like the whole car would smell like sm- salmon. Dude, I smelled like a fishy smoke thing. Yeah. Like everything on me was greasy. And then this my school, my elementary, they would once a week send give all the kids a fucking bar that looked like uh like one of those rice crispy treats but it was all salmon eggs it was con- like cooked or smoked salmon eggs and all these kids like we're talking third grade fourth grade fifth grade beyond the playground we'd all be eating this gooey ass fucking salmon egg snack that probably japanese people would pay like a million dollars for that that was just our school lunch that is what we didn't have tacos we had that that's crazy. It was fucking phenomenal, bro. Yeah. I they was, were feeding you like straight Eskimos, huh? Well, because we could take all the... Our tribe could take all the salmon they wanted. They had like they had like overkill salmon. All right. They had overkill salmon, bro. And that and that's that's what we ate. So let me ask you something. But Okay, so so much salmon. Is the salmon the salmon that's swimming upriver and all that? Upstream, all that salmon? Yeah, man. You know what? They, yes. The answer is yes. It was that type of salmon. It was all the types of salmon. Okay. So so there's, you know, the the Indians know there's salmon that's coming up the river. There's salmon that's about to come up the river. Then there's salmon that's in the ocean that's going around the bend, and they ain't going to come back up the river for another year. And in fact, you get so good at salmon fucking blah, 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 you start to, you can tell by the side, their eyeball. You can look at a salmon's eyeball and say, oh, okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a red, that's a humpy, that's a king, and that's a silver. Dog salmon. I can look at salmon in the eye and tell which kind of salmon it is. And the best one you want and the ones that the Japs will, uh, Japanese people will pay the most. Sorry about that. I've been reading a lot of WW2 shit. The, is the reds, coho. That's the top creme de la creme. The shit you get in the can 
That's the pinks or the humpies? What's the king? The king is the big motherfuckers. And they're the same price as the silvers. So let me ask you, was a lot of bears up there? Oh, bro. Because that's where they, they all fish salmon, don't they? Oh, bro. Dude, the fucking, it's like, it's like, it's like, go, it's like bear country. There's nothing but, in fact, we would go to an island and throw fucking salmon shit like that we weren't eating, the tail and the fucking whatever, throw that on the fucking thing, Kodiak bears would come down and wait and fucking eat that shit and fucking, and they were just fucking big ass motherfuckers. Like that dude that got eaten by a bear like that. Yeah, you know. I fucking well, not to get off on that subject. But so, when your dad was taking you out fishing, yeah, were they was he fishing for salmon? Hell yeah, bro! And then that I, dude, I mean, I really know a lot about fishing for real. Like, I just don't like it. But All right, it was I didn't the, either. My dad loved to fish. <laughs> yeah, well, because I wasn't drinking. If I if I if, when I was drinking, fishing's great. Fuck it, uh-huh. I'll get drunk. Fuck it. But yeah, everything from that's why whenever you talk that thing about chum the waters, that cracks yeah, me up yeah. because my dad would do this. So there was all of that. Yeah, bottom, salmon, but also halibut. Now, halibut, dude. Dude, halibut's great. That's my favorite fish. Let me tell you something. That's an ugly motherfucking fish. Yeah, they are. Because they lay down on the bottom of the ocean. They're flat. Both their eyes are on everything's one side. on one side. Everything. And, and they can get real big. Yeah. I mean, this, this as big as this fucking I've, table. table. I've seen. Easy. In fact, if you go into Alaska and see some real fucking fishermen, they got a winch with a fucking heavy hook. And you don't need to do a bunch of fancy shit to get one of them bottom feeders to bite that motherfucker. But to pull them up, you need a fucking winch. You can't be rolling that Yeah, they're because they're like giant. Fu- they're like trying to pull up a fucking pillowcase, right? Yeah, a exactly. Sheet, a bed sheet. Exactly. And then there's a time... A stingray. The best part of a halibut is the cheeks. Yeah. It's the tenderest. It's the creme de la creme. Those who know about <laughs> halibut. Hey, it's weird because cheeky, the cheeks cheeky. of a lot of animals are the, the, the part <laughs> that they want to eat. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, halibut cheeks is like, that's that's tits. Goat cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> fucking pig cheeks. cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, butt hey, cheeks. Butt cheeks. Our ATM. <laughs> hey, got that boy right out of the shower. <laughs> Pull the, jerk that loose. Squeaky. Hey, I will say this though. In ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, I love bears. Yeah, I, I, I have like a. Uh, they're one of my favorite animals, and big fucking bear. I just am intrigued by them, bro. And I, me to too. me, yeah, you are too. Yeah, California, and, and, baby. And to me, I feel like. And I've I've said this for a long time, bro. Like a big bear, nothing is gonna fuck with a big bear. And then I was doing a little thing online where I was like, what if a big bear met this or that or that? So I was like, you know what? A king of the fucking jungle, a fucking lion. And I picked out the biggest lions that there are. Mm. They went heads up with a fucking big bear. Mm. And he, when I did all the googling and research on it, they were like, nah, man. The the bear might be the lion might be more agile. But the bear, just he's, he, you're not going to penetrate him enough. The lion can't do enough to him Damage. to stop him from doing And once he does what he does, yeah. the lion wouldn't be able to withhold the power of a bear. All like I the bear is going to overcome it. It could take what the lion's got for whatever it's got, but it's the the bear is going to take it down. All in with this, we should do a bear show because I got a lot of good bear attack stories, especially polar bears. Okay. Those are man eaters. They eat men. There's not. There's like one of two animals in the world that act 
actively hunt men. Human. And it's polar bears. Wow. Oh, that's gnarly. I was a great. I used to, I had this book called Bear Attack. <laughs> bear Attack. <laughs> and it was all about like guys that were hunting bears and then found out the bear was hunting them. Yeah. What's is it is it uh the Kodiak bears that are the big ones? Kodiaks are big grizzlies and they're the biggest, but the largest bear uh so fat-wise, strength-wise, whatever, Kodiaks are the biggest in that sense, but the polar bears ha- are much bigger in length and size. They polar bears are real big motherfuckers. In fact, if you want to do yourself a treat you go online and you look at polar bear versus walrus. It's a bloody fiasco and it's a feast for the eyes. Because you just watch this fucking polar bear in the wild fight this fucking walrus and it just turns into a whole thing. And you, you find out Mother Nature is cruel as fuck. Just eat or be eaten. And then, and then this is the last piece. And then we'll go Kodiak bear. There was a fish cannery. All the fish parts got thrown out. All the Kodiak bears in Alaska came into this place. This is when I was fishing in Chignik. And this dude, this chick, she was walking. Because you, everybody would go down to the dump to watch the bears eat. It was like there was nothing else to do. She walked around a bush, and, the, and there was a bear behind the bush, and kind of startled the bear. Didn't even scare it, just startled it, and it just went like this. It just flipped its paw, hit her in the face, knocked half her face off, clean off. She had no more face, and it was just barely flicked by the bear. That's how powerful they are. Crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Bears are no joke. Mm-hmm. Well, partner. Shit. Man, dude, we're getting into that there, huh? That was all. <laughs> that was a whole bunch of stuff from New York, fucking cannabis, fucking New York, York bears, fucking bears, fucking fishing, fucking <laughs> ATM, <laughs> chumming the water, baby, chumming the waters in that boy, huh? <laughs> Trick that thing loose. <laughs> well, well, what you got? Ovando Bo and LLP, we wear braids to court. Let the tomahawks fly. The best legal representation that money can buy. You know what I got. Sean at movemental.media for all your... I know what you got, G. Oh, I know what you got, bro. For all your audio <laughs> podcasting needs. Uh, don't forget to hit us you up. You got big feet, boy. <laughs> Hardluckshow.com. Swinging that branch around the ranch. Hardluckshow.com. Hardluckshow.com. You ain't them all by yourself, boy. <laughs> They call him Kodiak. <laughs> he a Kodiak bear. Boy, he look like a Kodiak bear. Big and hairy. <laughs> <laughs> look at these. <laughs> oh, peppermill. Go on, ATM. Finish what you got to say, boy. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, yo, Kodiak bear, you. Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's all you got, partner? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all you need. got? That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, all you got, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, bro. Listen, uh, Cubanos <laughs> by Vibes. Vibes Papers. That's our sponsor tonight. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Cookies. Mm. At Cookies SF. 
Um, Cookies Clothing LA. Big shout out to Burner and the Cookies family. Big shout out to Esteban Oreo and Soul Assassins. Big shout out to Calco. Calco. Pulpo. 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 Beer Calco, oil. take Go me check away. Them out. Calco, take me away. Calco. And the whole team that helped us out. Right. Instagram um, Jesus. Instagram Jesus. Christian. Christian. OG Snoop. Mm. Old team. Shout out. Always listen to the Hard Luck Show. Always. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Check out supermaxhardware.com. And we're out of here. Hasta la vista. Four people. Turn Blue eyes turn around. <laughs> Come on now. It's Sean Lewis. Every now and then I get a little bit aggro and I want to fight. Certified audio professional. Every now and then my wife tries to tell me how to cook hot dogs. Engineer for the hot Every now and then I want to join the sea. And now I use nunchucks just to work out my aggression inside.